What's up, Real Sports fam? Welcome to episode 20 of the Real Underscore Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod. On this episode, we are talking NFL, Andrew Luck injury, Dak turning out a big contract, AB, what is going on? And then we're turning our heads to the NBA. Team USA is dropping out. The NBA schedule was released, and we're talking NBA 2K's decade teams and more. So let's get it. What's up, Real Sports fam? I'm your host, Jack Settlement from Real Underscore Sports on Snapchat, a 1 million following page. With me, as always, is my longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, we are counting down the days till our charity basketball tournament. We're ready to bring home the ring. You staying hydrated this week? I, I, up? Unfortunately, unfortunately, I came from a little networking event where I was drinking and haven't eaten tonight because I want to get this pod recorded, but I will be carving and drinking up uh, later tonight. We, we got a ring to take home this weekend. Yeah, it's all. Maybe we'll try and get, maybe we'll try and get a little uh, Instagram live during the games of our of some footage yeah so it's going to be kind of up to your brother's little fiance he has to record as our team uh team mom team supporter main supporter to handle those activities our our main content creator but we will be uh hopefully getting some content for the real sports fam have to they need to see this uh this Russell Westbrook out of you because I'm interested to see myself. Yeah, I think I posted some highlights, I posted some clips, um, but we need like a full game of action. If I'm not mistaken, last year's championship, was it not live streamed? I think it was on Facebook. Okay, so hypothetically, if and when we make the championship, I can link to the uh, championship game. There we go. That would be Let's get into some stuff. All right, so let's start off with – let's talk Andrew Luck because I'm a big Andrew Luck fan, although I think your boy Nick Foles is leading the Jags to a division title. Andrew Luck, once again, dealing with a nagging injury, uh, reportedly was a foot, maybe an ankle. Now it's leaning towards a high ankle. It's that time of year. His status for week one – Andrew Luck's time of year. Yeah, his status for week one is in question – what were your what are your thoughts? And then I, I also think this affects fantasy a little. No, it definitely affects fantasy like in terms of the weapons around him, like TY and Marlon Mack, you know. Your boy, Marlon Mack. My guy. But without Andrew Luck, everything changes. But it, this is just classic, perfect Andrew Luck timing. Like a little bit of a, a lagging injury, and then it comes out two weeks later that it's a little bit more serious, and now there's some playing time in jeopardy. Like History repeats itself. Every time. Literally every time. Finally. And this is the crazy part. He comes back from multiple surgeries. And then finally, last year, he pretty much plays a whole season. He rounds into form and they win like seven or eight straight to make the playoffs. It's just a shame we haven't seen him on the field. He was the greatest prospect since Peyton. I was talking to a friend tonight at the event I was coming from about Trevor Lawrence. I think T-Law is the next great quarterback in line. I mean, him and Tua, like, 
flip a coin. Yeah, but to me, NFL-wise, I think Trevor Lawrence is a legit uh, Hall of Famer, like from day one. And oh my god, dude, he's you, played one. He's played less than one season. Are you in college not that hot? Oh, I've never been higher on a player in my life. I genuinely right. There's a, there's a difference between being high on someone and declaring them a Hall of Famer before they play twelve games yeah. of competitive football. That's how high I am on Trevor Lawrence. I literally think he. Oh I think he is a bigger and better prospect than Luck. I think he's in Peyton Manning territory, as in draft him one and then just see what happens. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be good, but <laughs> a Hall of Famer. Let's all right, run with that. I, I I will actually back that up. I think he's going to be that level. Speaking <sighs> speaking of Hall of Famers, Antonio Brown uh, appears on Hard Knocks oh Tuesday I'm night. They they kind of gave us what we wanted. Not really. They gave us the no. Tour. They didn't. No, they didn't. There we, wasn't. I texted you. I needed them filming him painting the helmet. Just like I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. They'll never. They'll never catch me with this one. The only issue was. I think the the helmet events actually happen too close to like. I would imagine that they have the majority of Hard Knocks filmed. Maybe two days because they have to cut edit and right. uh, promote it. So I think it probably happened to maybe next week we get even more, but they did give us the feet. They gave us the close-ups. It does not look good. And the one thing that I kind of pulled from it was that it sounds like it's not something you can just stick a painkiller on. It's not something that like they really have a solution for. It's just going to come down to time. And by the way he's training and reacting to it, it doesn't seem like he's staying off his feet and being the smartest about it. No, um, but I, I want to talk about what hard knocks, something unhard knocks related, but Antonio Brown related. I've got a problem with AB right now. So like he goes on this whole fiasco, how this dates back to before he even got traded to Oakland, how I don't need football. Like I can be happy doing other things. All right, that's fine. And then he gets traded to Oakland. All this stuff happens with the helmet. And then he threatens to retire over it. And he was going to have this arbitration with this, independent third party to determine the ruling on his helmet and if it can be recertified or not. And the arbitrator ultimately decided against his helmet and that he couldn't wear it. And then 10 minutes he's on Instagram saying he can't wait to return with his teammates. Like if you're going to say you're going to retire, retire dude, bro. If I, I think I just wanted him to talk to walk the walk. You know what I mean? Yeah, but when that money cut, when that when each each passing week where he loses a hundred grand or two hundred grand, it gets tough. No matter how much wealth you have, I can't even imagine. Yeah, but he's just all talk, man. But I will say the one thing I was shocked at how open, transparent, and seemingly normal he seemed when he was talking to the hard knocks camera, like he was very open with what happened. He was showing his feet. I thought like they would really hunker it down. Your boy, Josh Jacobs, your rookie of the year pick. He actually tweeted out today. If you haven't seen me on hard knocks, it's because I'm avoiding the cameras. If there was anyone to avoid the cameras, you have to imagine it would have been a B. He was front and center. Josh Jacobs, I get why he wants to avoid the cameras because obviously you can get framed in a certain way. But in this day and age with social media, like your personal brand is taking a major hit by not being on Hard Knocks. I was kind of surprised by him. Bro, AB would never try to avoid these cameras like on purpose. That's true. Like That's he, true. he wants to eat this up, like the hot air balloon, that whole thing. Like if he's there, 
he's going to let you know he's there. Like, I guarantee you next week will be 80% um, AB. But, like, this episode, like, Gruden's really coming into a great Hollywood actor. Like, he was from the start fired up with another speech. We might have to get him back on because I got to hear that one more time. But, like, he, he's a character, man. And and that no he's a character. He says man after every sentence. Literally every sentence. The thing with with uh, Gruden is that I this is the thing with Hard Knocks. Like it highlights the teams, it highlights the personalities. So everyone always enjoys the show because HBO is fucking incredible at what they're doing. But I still I think Gruden's like a weirdo. He's like a little goober. I think th- he's like he's trying too hard as well. I think you yeah. going at like yeah. trying to put on a whole football guy mentality, like yeah. like late nineties football when he was coming up, just like yeah. dude, it's changed. Like give it up. As you would say, as you would say, relax, dude. Yeah, like come on. <laughs> another another person who might need Yeah, not knock on wood if you agree with me. <laughs> another person who might need to relax is NFC East quarterback and division winner Dak Prescott. Who no, do not relax. Get your money. Who apparently violated league policy by taking drugs before walking into team offices and asking for $40 million a year. I mean, <laughs> he's the cream of the crop of the game managers, but holy crap is he requesting a lot. And I stand with Dak Prescott. Go well, get your nope. money. Go rock. What's up? I know you want him to get all the money so it ruins the Cowboys and he's locked in for five years. But No, no, no. That's not speaking unbiasedly, like outside of it just being standard procedure for negotiating tactics, like what why does he think he's gonna get forty million dollars? I mean, the NFL like we've like every time a new contract comes up, it's always going to be the next biggest one. Like the Matt the Matt Staffords of the world and the Matt Ryans who like we're getting paid so much money. Like they're moving further and further down the list now. So people don't bring up their contracts, but like, that's just how it's been for years. It's always going to be the next man up. That's why when Carson got his extension, I said to you, it was important that they did it now because if they didn't do it, when they did it, the roles would be flipped. Dak probably would have got paid first. And then Carson would have wanted more money. Um, obviously I think Dak has more leverage than Carson does in terms, cause he's never missed a start, but it's just the nature of the game. Like, Howie Roseman got it done with Carson when he needed to do it. And now Jerry Jones is having problems with Dak. But the $40 million is just – that's crazy. But I, I think you have to look – I think it's what's not being reported is like the minor details of it. You don't know how much of this is guaranteed money. And realistically, that's all that matters. Like Carson got the most guaranteed money in NFL history. And before that, who was it, Garoppolo or someone? He got it. And like next, it might be Dak. But maybe Dak's annual va- annual – um, per year value is higher, but he has less guaranteed money because they're not sure if he can be that much of a franchise quarterback or not. They just want to test it out. So, yeah, he's asking for forty million, and as an Eagles fan, I hope he gets every cent of it. But I think it's a little screwed what's being reported out there. Like because what matters in the end is just the guaranteed money. What what the conversation's been is like who should be paid first, Dak. Uh, Zeke, Amari, uh, how much should Dak be paid? Or like, is he a franchise quarterback? Can he win a Super Bowl? Should he be paid like a superstar quarterback? I think we need to answer the question, how much money should Dak Prescott be paid per year? 
is obviously we both agree 40 is way out of the realm no matter how bonuses are aligned because let's just assume like let's just take it all together he should be paid he probably should be paid in my opinion 25 million dollars a year so i don't think i was gonna say 25 to 30 that range yeah so i think 30 is probably where they'll settle because it's the cowboys and jerry jones and they want to lock up their guy and he does have that leverage there's no doubt he can get 30 million from like i mean the dolphins or the lions when stafford's deal is done or the Bengals when dalton's got like there's no doubt he can get the 30 mil, but his appropriate pay where I would actually feel comfortable for his skill level, I think is like a 25. It's it's not the elite, which is 35 to 40. It's not even the, the great or superstar of 30. I think 25, though, he is the cream of the crop of those game managers. He can win you football games. No, I agree. But the thing is, the numbers are different when Zeke isn't on the field, and he's also someone that they're negotiating with. So it's like, you want to get one, but you don't want to get one without getting the other. Uh, the internet's been undefeated as usual this past week. I've been seeing memes of like um, Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper's head on like people in a room with like a hundred million dollars, and it's just like the three of them in a room. Here's a hundred million dollars. Figure it out. <laughs> just decide, yeah, that's decide what I'm it almost like and Dak actually is a smart guy. It would almost make a lot of sense for him to take maybe a lesser amount because the marketing money you're going to make just being the face of the Dallas Cowboys is astronomical. So like because of those off the off the or below average numbers without Zeke, maybe you sacrifice a few million dollars and wow. so, and then See, that's have a, that. That's the thing. That's the, what you're saying right now is like the main difference between the NFL and the NBA. In the NBA players are willing to take pay cuts because in the end, it really is a players oriented league where in the NFL, it's way more of an owner oriented league where they're seeing way more of the money with this hard salary cap and everything. So players to make a statement to the owners and the NFL and, and the league in general, they don't take pay cuts. So they try and get their, their um, values worth, especially when you see what can happen post career to these guys. Like, They want to get every cent they can because they know they're putting their bodies at risk. Whereas the NBA, the players feel that they have a lot of power. So they're more willing to take pay cuts for other players to come play on their team. And there's also not a hard salary cap in the NBA. But what, uh, what players in the NBA are taking real pay cuts? Like this. I mean, you just think about the little things like Anthony Davis waved his trade kicker and that inevitably would have helped them get Kawhi, but it didn't. Yeah. But it helped them free up money for other free agents, like little things like that. Yeah, I guess technically. But I mean, it just made me thought of like Brady, right? Like didn't, Brady didn't Kyrie didn't Kyrie and KD take a little bit less so that they could get DeAndre Jordan? I think they took like a, year? a couple Something. but regardless, like that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I guess. In theory. Um all right, flipping the switch a little I don't know if you've actually seen this because it literally might have just happened or just kind of came out. Did you see what happened with the Team USA FIBA squad and their scrimmage today? I didn't see what happened in the scrimmage, but I did see the projected starting lineup, and that's really all I needed to see. Yeah, so here's the deal. Everyone's dropping out because they want to focus on the NBA season. The NBA seasons have become so long that their just bodies are just taking a toll. And then now with all the player appearances, autograph signings, marketing, like NBA players are involved in so many different things. And just 
playing for your country apparently is taking a back seat, especially for FIBA. I'm not I think Olympics will probably be there, so the squad isn't great, but the squad at the end the of the day we the still West. Yeah, but we still have the best team in the tournament. We're still heavy favorites by gambling odds. But uh, what just came out was that a scrappy squad of players featuring some who played in FIBA World Cup qualifying for Team USA, but are really like, you know, G League, not very not, not very good players. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy as coach. It was a 10-minute scrimmage. We don't need to look too much into it, but... Uh, they beat the Team USA FIBA squad 36-17 in 10 minutes, so they beat him by almost 20 points. And this was the squad. Justin Anderson, he went to UVA. Former sixer. Chris Chioza went to Florida. Scotty Hobson, Daquan Jeffries, John Jenkins, Ben Moore, uh, Chassam Randall, he was a Stanford boy, Travis Trice, Chasing Travis Randall. Ware. So, like, also yeah, Chase Randall. Whatever. Uh that is, there's zero NBA really bench players on that squad, let alone starters, and they just blew out a team of what's supposed to be competing for a gold medal this summer. So, is that is this? Are we concerned no, with this? We're not concerned at all. Like that, I want. I bet you that team, that G League team, could compete in the actual Olympics because that's just how good and dominant the U.S. is at basketball. But let's talk about what the U.S. is putting out there relative to what they have to offer so, wait hold on i i feel like we're we're skipping over that very quick you're buying no stock in the fact that they lost by 20 points to a no. bunch of scrubs not when it comes to the rest of and how it affects them going into the tournament you think it does oh, i don't know that i think that it's got to be concerning like the lineup i posted in my snap story today is i mean Big men are PJ Tucker and Brooke Lopez. That there's there's definitely better players in the world at the four and five than those two. Yeah, but in terms of depth, there isn't another team like the US. Uh, they won't have any trouble, I don't think. Is it's Kemba did Kemba back out? Yeah. No, he, guard play, he's still guard play is the most important when it comes to international play. We've seen that over the years. And Kemba is going to be far and beyond. He'll probably be the best player. Oh, no, Giannis is in the tournament, isn't he? But uh, I'm not sure if Giannis is. He might have dropped out. But I saw a quote like he would give up his MVP trophy if it meant getting a gold medal. Oh, yeah. No, you wouldn't. Don't don't say that. That's for the camera. But now, see, this is the difference, though. Like Team USA and a lot of these guys, they've lost interest because they've been so dominant in international play. But – it used to be a major, major, major honor to play for your country and potentially bring home hardware. I'm not I'm not disagreeing. What does an MVP trophy mean to him? Like theoretically, outside of for marketing purposes, it's an individual award. Winning a gold for your country, I actually buy that. I believe that. I mean, maybe for Greece because they would never win. But like Exactly. I don't know. I just think that He's just saying that for the camera. Like it's it's a legacy thing in the NBA. So Kemba is not necessarily projected to start. De'Aaron Fox has been the star so far in training camp. So it's between him and Fox. Spida, the true rookie of the year from a couple years ago, he will be at shooting guard. Chris Middleton at small forward. Then it's kind of like a mishmash of Tatum, Jalen Brown, Brooke Lopez. Like 
this squad is not anything that's going to be does like that, does be, that starting five compete for a playoff spot in the West. I don't think so. Uh, Kemba Walker, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Brooke Lopez. I thought you just said De'Aaron Fox. Well, okay, that that was the other projected starting line. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox, Kemba, Donovan Mitchell. If Kemba's Mitchell. on that team, then yeah, but De'Aaron Fox, I don't think so. De'Aaron Fox, Spida, Chris Middleton, PJ Tucker, Brooke Lopez. Yeah, it, it probably makes the playoffs, but it's. Are, do you also than- not know how? Do you know how good De'Aaron Fox is? Yes, I know how good De'Aaron Fox is, but but I, you're you're talking like him and Kemba are like a crazy disparity. I think you're you're whoa whoa whoa, whoa. don't don't go down this road. I'm being serious, Jack, Jack, Jack. Kemba was a first team All NBA player when this year. What do you mean he was not first team All NBA? Google it, Kemba Walker. Yes. Kemba Walker was not first-team All-NBA. First-team All-NBA off the top of my head is Steph, uh, KD, Giannis, Harden, and a a big man, I would assume. Did Kem- Steph get it? Yeah. Kemba, Kemba is nowhere near. All right. We got to look this up. Hold on. Uh, All-NBA. No what where, what oh. made you think Kemba oh. was- what? Because because he was eligible oh, wait. for okay. the Super Bowl. All, right, all, right, all, right, all right, all right, Paul George. Paul George. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Okay. So Campbell I'm, Walker was a third team guard. Was, all right. Let, okay. Here, where this is where I was coming from. Yeah. I remembered the whole if he got on an All NBA team, he yeah. would be eligible for the Supermax. I was under the impression, and it was a couple months ago. So give me a break. It's been a long summer that. It was for the first team, and he made that. But looking back and thinking, that's pretty stupid. Um, but yeah, he <laughs> did. He was on the third team. But regardless, you're comparing. Wait. Let's get back to the root of the argument. Before we get into it, which I'm fine with, uh, I do need to say even dumber than that whole situation is that Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard both didn't make the first team. Jokic was the fifth spot. It was Harden, Curry, Paul George, Giannis, and Jokic. So, all right. Um, yes, to me, the disparity is... Okay, so I just, I just admitted that I was wrong. Okay. And people do people do that in life. Like, it's an important thing to do. Yes. It's an important trait to have to understand where you're wrong. Now it's your turn. You just said that there's not that big of a disparity there's between not. Kemba Walker and De'Aaron Fox. There's not. I'm not saying that De'Aaron, I'm not saying Kemba's not better, but I think this year, this third year, Darren's third year in the league, there will not be a crazy difference in the two. Um, for so you would, think that, all right, so you think that De'Aaron Fox has a chance to be an All NBA player this year? Yeah, I think he'll that's be, what you're saying. I think, oh my God. I think he'll be right. I mean, I think in terms, you think he'll get votes? You think he'll get votes? Uh, I could see him getting thirteen votes this year. The, the only issue is that Kemba's in Boston and De'Aaron Fox, they got literally a singular national televised game, so and they won't make the playoffs. So it's tough. Let me, let me read you some of the names. Let me read you some of the names that got left off the list this year. Yeah. That were just on the border no, 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 of the no, no, team. But, but you asked about votes. Like Bradley Beal got a no, no, vote. Exactly. Kyle so Lowry no, sure got, got a vote. He did get a vote. He and, got- whoa, whoa, all right. So who would you rather have, Fox or Lowry? It's not a matter of who would I rather have. Obviously, I'd rather have Fox going okay. forward because he's younger. No, no, no. But I don't think he's better than Kyle yeah. Lowry right now. 
You don't think Darren Fox is better than Kyle Lowry is right now? No, I think Kyle Lowry. Have- I, don't, I don't even think Kyle Lowry is that good, but he was a championship point guard. Yeah, I don't know where you think Darren Fox is the next coming of Magic Johnson. Because you you obviously watched you didn't watch Darren Fox play this year. He was spectacular. No, he's really good, but, and he will be really Wait, good. But the key word I, in that is will. I cannot I cannot take that comment though of. Kyle Lowry is a championship point guard that he was on a championship team. If you're putting Darren Fox in that situation, I could easily argue that they still win the ship. Lowry played some great games, but Fox would have been better than Lowry this year. I don't think you can. Like Lowry came up big in the playoffs. He was huge in game six for them. I think he opened up like the first eight points of the game. Um, One of those games he did. I forget which one, but like I get it. You're high on Darren Fox and that's cool. You're living in the moment. That's fun, but dude, it's his second year in the NBA. He hasn't. He did playoffs. this year. They were they were very much in it, and then they kind of traded some pieces. They were never making the playoffs, Jack. No, they weren't making it. But seventeen, seven, and four, only three turnovers a game, shooting, and uh, and, and he's going to go from that to getting all NBA votes next year. Well, you, you just said it yourself. You just said it yourself, Kyle Lowry got a vote, and you said next season De'Aaron Fox could be on Lowry's level. So yes, easily you could see that that, that happened. No, no, no. I, I no. I'm saying I would take De'Aaron Fox right. going forward because he's younger. So uh, I'm not saying say, for next year. Hypothetically, next year, who would you rather have as your point guard? Kyle Lowry. Okay, I completely just without a doubt. I completely disagree. All right, well, remember this conversation that you think that De'Aaron Fox will get all NBA votes next year. Yes. Uh, That's crazy. Uh, all right, next topic. Uh, I posted on my Snap story um, the all-decade teams, and I. So let me just read off the teams real quick. The '80s was Magic, Stockton, Jordan, Bird, and who is that? Who's the fifth? Do you know? Let me look at the picture. I can't determine. 2K's picture isn't that good. Do you know who it is? I don't have the picture. Can we redo this? Huh? No, no, no. I, I just... Where's the picture? I can't even... Oh, it might be Carl Malone. No. I don't know who it is. Anyway. Anyways, uh, the 90s squad was Jordan Pippen, Akeem... That, there's Carl Malone. And, oh, is that Stockton again? Oh, it was McHale in the 80s. 2000s was Kobe, Duncan, AI, Shaq, LeBron. And the most recent 2010s, Steph, Dwight, KD, LeBron, and Harden. So the biggest outrage after I posted was about Dwight Howard being on the yeah, squad. I, would, I, would, I was going to get to that. I was pretty defendant of him being on the team. And then someone kind of pointed out that – he was he got traded to the Lakers. His good years were towards the his good years were towards the end of the two thousands. End of the two thousands. Yeah, I think the only argument for him being there is that um, it looks like they wanted to have a center on the team on each squad, and I would say obviously we're getting away from the traditional centers, but even within the decade, he probably is still the most dominant center. Ah, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you want to throw Anthony Davis in that conversation? He's, I mean, technically he's a power forward, and yeah, AD to me hasn't done enough. He AD, he's made one playoffs or two playoffs in his career. 
uh, he's he's a freaking incredible player. But um, Dwight was, I mean, he yeah, was Dwight just averaged super- twenty three and fourteen in two thousand ten. So that's the first year of the decade. And then, and then yeah. that's when the injury started. He averaged, he went down every year, 20 and then 17. He played less games and then he got traded to the Lakers. And that was kind of just the start of the downfall from there. And that was early. That was, it was a downfall, but like he was still pretty good. He just wasn't. Uh, he, the- he was still putting up like decent numbers, but he wasn't Dwight Howard. Yeah, he wasn't Dwight Howard. So that is definitely an argument for, for the four squads. To me, my pick was the 2000s. So you got Shaq, who's just a a dominant the most, animal. The most dominant player of all time. You got LeBron, who's the second best player of all time. You got Kobe, who's the second best scorer of all time. You have Duncan, who's the best power forward of all time. And you get AI to just get you constant buckets. The only, the only bad part is you don't have Jordan on your team. Okay. So I'm going to go with the 2010s. And I think I think yeah, very- I figured you would go there, and I'm sure the real sports fam will appreciate that pick because that's that those are their favorite players. But I I just don't see it. All right, well I'll explain. So maybe you will see it. Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, one of the one of the top probably two or three point guards of all time. James Harden, one of the best scorers of all time. Kevin Durant, maybe the best scorer of all time. LeBron James, and let it be noted that you have LeBron James in the 2000s. I have him in the 2010s and beyond when he won every single one of his championship rings. So I have prime LeBron. And then Dwight Howard, who whether or not you agree with, he was still very good in the early 2000s. So to me, I see the best three-point shooter of all time, one of the best scorers of all time, maybe the best scorer of all time, the best player of all time, and Dwight Howard. And I'm looking at it as, I mean, Shaq is going to have 98 points per game. He's going to eat on Dwight. I think that's disrespectful. And and especially playing this in whatever today's NBA, NBA you want to play in, it's just the game too. Okay? We're playing this in today's NBA. I don't think you're shooting that. I don't think your three point percentage is that great. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I think the matchup of Steph and AI is hilarious. No one's playing defense. The three-point shooter is Kobe Bryant, who wasn't that reliable of a three-point shooter throughout his career. Yeah, I would agree with that. But then I you think, also, I think that now that I've talked myself into it, it's no doubt to the 2010s. No, because the only flip is defensively, we're playing the best – we're the best defensive team in this matchup. Like Kobe's – you know he's a way better defender than Harden. Miles better. Duncan's my, he's not Miles better than Durant, although Durant's developed into a great defender. Uh, Shaq is a better defender, and tw- while you have prime LeBron, two thousands LeBron was a true defender. Twenty tens LeBron was. I mean, he was a highlight defender. I mean, he was a elite defender in Miami. But I think that's what's funny about this conversation is that we're totally overlooking the eighties and the nineties. Are we? I think the, 90s, I think the, 90s, the nineties, the nineties are cuties for sure. They wouldn't do anything, but the eighties, like you have Magic, Michael, Larry Bird. Yeah, Kale. so you have the, you have the actually the three players who who made the NBA what it is today. Um, but I I just think the two thousand squad to me, I, for whatever reason, I'm high. I'm super high on Shaq, and then you get Kobe, LeBron on the no, scene. For whatever reason, you're high on Shaq. You can't, well, you can't figure out one reason why you're high on Shaquille O'Neal. 
No, um, I think more because he's the most dominant at the position oh, compared to compared to the four. Yeah, obviously, but to me, it's a no-brainer. All right, so we'll good definitely defense, run that. Good, defense, good offense beats good defense, and I think I my team has the best offense. We'll touch on it real quick, but um, as as I just get an Instagram DM from someone, the Real Sports fam, Jake, can I please have the Uncle Drew background? My name is Jack. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, real quick, though, 2K also released uh, classic squads, as they're naming them, six squads. So some fun teams, 13-14 Clippers, Chris Paul, BG, uh, Lob City, essentially, DeAndre. Uh, the 09-2010 Blazers, LaMarcus Aldridge, Brandon Roy. Everyone, if you're too young to remember Brandon Roy, I'm sorry. The 6 07 Gilbert Arenas, Antoine Jameson, Karan Butler squad, 0203 Stefan Mulberry, Sean Marion, and the 1516 Cavs, Kyrie LeBron. Just real quick, which squad are, would you be most excited to play with? I think that they just botched this, honestly. Really? I, I mean, I think the best I think the best team on here is oh, the sorry. 15 16. I left one out. 1314 Spurs, Kawhi, Tim Duncan, Parker, Genova. No, yeah, I know. I think the 15-16 Cavs is the best team on here, and the Spurs are probably right there. But, like, you're going to give me the 0-2-0-3 Suns with Stephon Marbury, but you won't give me the 0-3-0-4 with Steve Nash and the second sec- seven seconds or less offense. So like, the one that, that team is one team I'd want to play The with. one thing I liked about this release from 2K was outside of the Kyrie, LeBron, and the Duncan Kawhi team – the top four didn't win a championship, and it just seemed like a more fun retro squad that, like, everyone – they were, like, fan-favorite teams, right? Like, a re- like Agent Zero, Brandon Roy, Lob City. Uh, I guess- yeah, but then if you're going to do that, throw in, like, some, some T-Mac and Yao Yeah, and that, that would have been a great addition. I'm trying to think of other ones. I would be most excited to play with um, – Probably CP3 because obviously my favorite player and Lob City's fun. Although I do struggle to figure out the alley oop function in 2K year to year. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun when we get some games. All going. right, final thing: NBA schedule release. We might have to we might have to go live stream on a 2K game. Me oh, you. all the time, and then we're gonna play 2v2 okay. versus the Real Sports fam. See who can who can win. NBA schedule was released. Uh, some marquee games to open the season. You got some Lakers, uh, not Lakers, Clippers start, but it's Pelicans, Raptors, and then no, it is no. I think the Lakers Clippers is the first game. Yeah, Lakers Clippers is the second game of the doubleheader. Some other notable ones the night after. Your Sixers open at home against Kemba Walker and his third team All NBA status. Um, the Knicks go to the Nets for Game Two. Christmas Day is out. I mean, anything that you're I, – I think – and I think you might agree with me. The thing I'm most excited to – the most, the thing I'm most excited for is the, like, revenge games or the return games. Like, Kyrie back in Boston is going to be nutty. Even Chris stops when he comes to – the Knicks will be fun. Jimmy in uh, Sixers. I'm curious to see what Kawhi's reception is when he goes back to Toronto. You can't you – can, you don't actually think he's going to get booed, do you? No, no, but that's why I'm curious to kind of see what happens. And then I'm, I'm super no, excited. No, I think he'll get a standing ovation. I think it's a, a lock. Um, I think that I watched the Raptors fans cheer when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, so I'm kind of up in the air on them. 
it's a front they're putting up. They're sweethearts. Um, and then obviously the Battle of LA, I think is going to be awesome. I'm going to try and go to because the Ravens play the Rams in LA on a Monday night right before Thanksgiving. I'm going to try and go out early and see Pelicans Clippers in Staples. Are you like wow. it, they gave Zion and the Pelicans like something like 20 national TV games? I think it was going to be I think it's going to be fun, but halfway through the season, I don't know if like the appeal's still going to be there. Maybe it will. I don't know. I think that team's fun in general. Like Lonzo's fun, Drew Holiday, Ingram, Josh Hart. Like yeah. they have they have a fun team. Yeah. But like, I mean, obviously, I'm most excited for the Battle of L.A. Um, Sixers just to handle business night one and move on to night two, just to like another game. Uh, but like, I'm most excited for, throughout the season as a biased Sixers fan as these Sixers Bucks matchup because I think we're both in agreement that we're the, they're the two front runners for the Eastern Conference. And just to get a preview of that when we think we're going to get it for seven games is really exciting. Um, other other uh, games I'm excited for, but like maybe not as much as like Rockets Thunder, the return of Russ. Yeah. But like that's not exciting because um, it should be a blowout. <laughs> yeah, it should be a blowout. And but you know what's in- interesting? What kind of reception will Chris Paul get back in Houston? Yeah. That's a really good question. I don't think it'll be great. There's also a chance. I guess they're not trading him before the season, but there's got to be. A- no, I don't think there's they're trading got- him. I think he might. I think it might be a mixed reaction. Yeah, I think there'll definitely be a mixed reaction because, look, it was the team that could have dethroned the healthy Warriors. It just didn't fall into place. Yeah, and he decided to sit out in game. <laughs> he seven, sat out in game. You know? He wasn't there. He wasn't there um, for his team. I think that. I mean, one of the games I don't really un- oh. The Bucks are playing the Hornets in Paris. That's kind of cool. Giannis is like the international star. I, I'm I'm excited for uh, Kyrie's return to Boston. I think it's going to be actually borderline uh, repulsive. I think he's going to get some of the coldest reception of all time. And then obviously AD back in New Orleans. I don't think it'll be levels near though what Kyrie gets. Now that I think about it, no, I think I think though I think he'll take it the hardest uh, for sure. But I think Porzingis might get it pretty bad in New York too. He will. He definitely will. Um, speaking of Porzingis, you saw him lifting weights. He's he hasn't played a game since Kawhi was still in the Spurs. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's only one season. Obviously, towards ACL. Uh, yeah, but no, it's actually been almost two, like almost two four years. It's been. A- it was like it was like twenty games into this. Yeah, it was very it? early. So Something he's like missed that? over almost one hundred fifty yeah. games of regular season. I think people just forgot how good. Yeah, he was. that's that's the scary thing. Him plus Luca could actually be nuts. Like he is a legitimate seven. What is he seven? Three, I think. I think he's after, that, seven, after, seven, after seven foot, it really doesn't matter. It's all the same <laughs> to me. With literal guard skills, great shooting ability, catch and shoot ability. An unbelievable rim protector. He can defend out in space on the perimeter and move his feet. Like there really isn't much that Chris Dabbs can't do. I kind of wanted except um, except not Dallas get beat up in his up. home country. He struggles with that. Yeah, and some of the real <laughs> issues that we won't talk about. But uh, I was kind of hoping that Dallas got a free agent this summer just to see what they could do. Like Chris Dabbs will be good from night he, one. He right? should be. He'll play. Yeah, he'll play theoretically. Night. Yeah. So, 
when I, I didn't think Tobias, I thought, thought on the way out that it would be Tobias before I, it would be Jimmy. And I thought that Dallas would be an interesting landing spot for Tobias, but they stayed put. They brought in uh, uh, Seth Curry, the, didn't they? No, they had Seth. I, uh, no, they didn't. Well, no, but Seth has played they, for them in the past. Yeah, no, I think he's uh, okay. back in Dallas. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Luka and Chris Sops is a fire combination. The only issue is their supporting cast, not even like bench supporting cast, like the other three positions are pretty brutal. And the language barrier. <laughs> and the that's language bad. barrier. Yeah. All right, Real Sports fam, thank you for listening to episode 20, uh, the Ray Allen episode. And Mark Alfold's episode. Wait, I thought he was 21. No, Markel Fultz episode, trying to think uh, NFL 20s. Oh, the Ed Reed episode, the greatest safety of all time. Um, the Brian Dawkins episode. The Brian Dawkins episode. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, stay tuned for more podcast wrap every Monday and Thursday. Thank you, Real Sports fam. Have a good day. And weekend. And weekend.